And here we go, the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. Thrilled you're here. Stoked you're listening. You're in store for an awesome, enlightening, eye-opening conversation with my friend Joseph Arthur, truly one of my favorite singer-songwriters, musicians, poets. I became attuned to Joseph probably, I am guessing, 15 years ago. I don't have his biographical information in front of me. I'm just sort of speaking here extemporaneously, but I've been a fan of his for a long time, and I'm just thrilled that he got to sit down with me and talk. And it's interesting, but I, you know, before before the conversation, just a little sort of context here, I've been very impressed and Lots of respect to Joseph because he has been using his social media the last year speaking his mind about the strange look of our culture, trying to add some nuance and context and a different perspective to what's going on here because of the pandemic. And I applaud him because I've, I've sort of used my podcast to talk about these same issues over the last six to eight months maybe even the last year, it's like, fuck, time is going so fast. But he's going a step further. I mean, he is throwing it all out there on his social media, trying to add some reason, trying to add context, wake people up. It's, it's, I, I say to myself, when are people going to finally take a stand and wake up? And I feel like it's this strange intersection of People are so caught up in their own minutia of social media, and the media has done this incredibly clever job pigeonholing people that question what's going on as being conspiratorial slash Trump supporters. And it's very possible to be a Democrat, or at least, you know, used to be a Democrat before this whole pandemic arrived, be anti-Trump, be a Democrat, but also think this story that's unfolding, this pandemic that was supposed to be a two to four week flat in the curve, has turned into this insane story that I still can't believe we're talking about. And my last point before you listen to the, to the conversation, Joe Rogan, just about five days ago, he was talking about these now these mandates that are going to begin in New York City, potentially start in Los Angeles. And it's like, I said this to myself about four or five months ago. It's either going to back off the mandates and things are going to quote unquote get back to normal or people in positions of power are going to see what else they can get away with. And that's what's happening. What the fuck is going to happen? Like what's next? If we allow the leaders, politicians to allow what's going to go down in New York in a couple weeks... If we allow that to happen, I don't, I can't even fathom what they're going to try and get away with next. So I hope, you know, Joseph, he's, he's got this amazing control with the language, and not even control. He has such a grasp of the language. He's a, he's a poet. He's a musician, an artist, and he's so great with words. Sometimes I think to myself, as I've been communicating this over the last few months via my podcast, maybe I need somebody else to add a different way of saying it. And it's like, if you don't get it after listening to him, then I don't know what to say. It's just, it's this, I'm just waiting for people to wake up. So I'm thrilled to have him on the show. Um, as I said, I've been a big fan. You can find him on Instagram at Joseph Arthur. His website's josepharthur.com. He also has a podcast called Come to Where I'm From, which you can find on, obviously, all podcast sites. He's got a slew of music that he keeps releasing. He's also a painter. Truly somebody that I immensely respect beyond just an artistic level, but just as a human being and what he's, his, his, his relentlessness to just put it all out there, lay it all on the line, and be honest about his thoughts and beliefs. And I think millions of people align with what he's saying. They're just scared to do so. They're scared to speak up. So, Joseph, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me. 
really means a lot. Again, you can find him on Instagram, Facebook, at Joseph Arthur, websites josepharthur.com. He's also writing this amazing poetry um, honoring his, his new baby. Um, just beautiful, beautiful writer. Uh, so I hope you enjoy the show. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Apologies for my cat that's sort of meowing in the background. It was a very sort of impromptu, last-minute setting up conversation. So, uh, but it's okay. The the depth and clarity in which Joseph speaks clearly comes through. Uh, you know where to find me on Instagram at Eddie Cohn or the Spiritual Spiral Podcast. Any questions, please direct them there. Plenty of new music. You can find it at my website, iameddiecone.com, or my bandcamp, eddiecone.bandcamp.com. Uh, the new record comes out in September, so look out for that. And yeah, please share this show with your friends. If you think it's worth them listening to it, please give it a share. Head over to iTunes, write a review. And that is it. Joseph, again, thanks so much for taking the time. Truly appreciate it. And to you, oh, lastly but not least, all the music on today's show um, is, of course, from Joseph Arthur. I've been a huge fan of his music for years, so to honor him, I felt, of course, I should play his music throughout the show. So, as always, thank you so much to you for listening, supporting, and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. So I don't need headphones. I don't even know if this thing has headphones. Yeah, no, we're this good. Is like an iPad that doesn't even have a headphone jack. <laughs> That's crazy. I never even noticed that before. You'd have to like wear Bluetooth headphones, I guess. Yeah. Oh man, I I, I feel like I'm always juggling my way with technology. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean. You would think by now, I mean, I've been surrounded by technology since I was a kid. Like, you know, all, kind, all kinds of keyboards like what you got. Nice setup, by the way. Yeah, I just, it's funny. I just finished a record like three, four months ago. It's, I've, I've released singles over the last six months. I'm finally bringing it out September 24th. And I don't know about you, but of course there's like joy when I'm done with a project, but I also get really depressed when I'm done. And so I was, because yeah. it's sort of like, now what? So I, I immediately went out to fight the depression. I went out and bought some new keyboards to try to like get the mind feeling creative instead of thinking more about, oh, I'm done. Yeah, new instruments can definitely do that. Yeah, yeah. it's... it's Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I got the Moog one, got that one. Yeah, uh, during the pandemic, and that's been insane. That's great. Yeah, but that has a lot of uh, potential I haven't really tapped into yet, you know. And now I'm thinking about selling it because we're thinking about traveling and just sort of, especially like with what you know what is happening in New York and what you said is about to happen in LA. It's like, do we want to stay here during that? Like, uh, dismantling of, of our rights. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how long, how, when did you go to New York? How long ago? I've been a New Yorker since I would say, I don't know, mid late nineties. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm official. Yeah, yeah. I'm a look. I'm wearing a velvet underground. It's gnarly, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm an official New Yorker for sure. Yeah, it's sad to let it go because you know I have, well, I have my podcast here. Uh, although that's been on hold with the new kid and everything, and and just with the world going crazy and me taking such a strong stance. You know, some people probably <laughs> might be, uh, you know. Well, a little that's, bit uh, hesitant to, <laughs> yeah. to align themselves. Well, it's funny because I sent you a text. Um, let me just make sure my... Yeah, we're good. I sent you a text um, a few days ago because I read one of your posts. And I, I, 
threw you accolades, which I'm still doing now because um, I don't think I have the thick skin to, as much as I agree with you, I, I don't think I can do that. Or I mean, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you, it's been interesting to see you over the last four or five months. And then of course I see some of the, the comments that are filled with daggers and it's just, I mean, I applaud you. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it hasn't been, e it's not easy, but at the same time, you know, uh, it feels like when civil liberties are being tranced on this heavily, like if not now, then when are you going to speak out? Like if you don't speak out for what you see as your freedom being stripped away, then yeah, then what, you know what I mean? Like some, some battles are worth fighting. And I mean, it's, also, you, 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 there's all kinds of tricks you can do to allow yourself to take it. Because I don't think any of us have an in, inborn thick skin. or I don't think any of us like that kind of confrontation, obviously. And, uh, but it's, on some level, it's not personal. On some level, it's critical theory. Not, not, not even critical race theory, just critical theory in general in that our freedom of speech, like they, they, they set up all these booby traps with our freedom of speech anyway. Like if you say anything outside of the mainstream narrative, you're going to get uh, a lot of, a lot of blowback, you know, and it's designed that way. And your whole thing about how social media has set people up to be um, weakened by like the fake fame of it, everyone is like sort of famous in their own little universe and has gotten addicted to likes and positive comments and heart emojis and all that kind of stuff that has weakened people to a huge degree. Like, you, I mean, I feel like that's uh, something you have been keyed in on, you know, before, before I was really, I think you were keyed in on that when I was still sort of feeding off of that stuff. Well, and it's interesting people, some of my friends and, and listeners have sort of been confused as to why I sort of made a turn towards this focus. Sorry about my cat. This focus about COVID, like, what, right. you know, why am I talking about it? And I do think a huge reason why we're here is because social media and technology has, has reshaped people's ability to think objectively, critically, and also... People are so absorbed in their own self-congratulation um, from whether it's 5,000, 50,000, 100,000 fans. Like, they care more about that than anything, right. than anything culturally going on right now. Right. To give that up is, is, is really near impossible it, uh, without faith. Like, you have to be activated from a moral imperative or you won't give that up. You have to have um, a center of, in my opinion, faith in God and feel a calling to sort of volunteer yourself to being ostracized, which to speak out, you know, on this subject, you know, is definitely leads to that. I mean, I do think there is a, a turning of the tides to a degree. I, I mean, obviously not entirely. Obviously there are people still applauding um, what's happening, but I think the tighter they turn the screws, the more that applause becomes weird. Like, okay, for instance, in New York now, 58% of African-American community is on that. So if we're talking about you're not even allowed to use the word segregation because that's also a hot button word. If you use that, you get called a racist. However, 58% of the African-American community will be excluded from their, you know, their God-given rights. That's, that's a hard thing for like sort of left-leaning people to then support. That, that becomes awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the very least, that becomes awkward. Like, dude, like, that's segregation. 
I mean, that's segregation. And, and the Boston mayor came out and said it's going to most negatively impact uh, people of color. So uh, it's good that she came out with that because that's that's an uncomfortable truth that they have to then. I don't know how they. I don't know how they get comfortable with that. Like so. Another way. In other words, it's going to become more and more difficult. Like I mean, I've been posting photos and videos of all the riots going on in France and mm -hmm. Italy and Germany and all that stuff. And I've been talking to somebody. The LA Times is doing a story on me, which. The writer told me yesterday I probably won't be giddy about, so mm. here we go with that. But yeah. uh, And he said the only reason he knows about the riots going on in Europe is because of following my Instagram page. It's like, huh? Yeah. Like, what world is this? That Those are, those are, those are, oh, and in the UK, I mean, there's millions of people rioting. There's millions of people, pro not rioting, but protesting. Mm. Uh, their freedom's being stripped away, and, and it's like... Yeah, okay, you can you can hate on me on social media or whatever, but there's millions of people that agree with me that are marching right now in Europe, and I don't understand why more artists and uh, poets and madmen, so to speak, aren't um, aren't aren't concerned about civil liberties or aren't concerned about like you know, especially when it comes to the like you know, being pro mask is one thing. You know, I took a knee with that. I never really, something that never felt right to me. I immediately uh, registered the science that said, well, it doesn't really stop the virus. Fauci's emails have come out, out and said, and he's admitted in black and white, it doesn't really work. It's like, a, it's like a chain link fence trying to stop mosquitoes. It's like all that. I mean, I knew that when masks first started. So I was immediately going like, this is ridiculous. And eventually, I just succumbed to social pressure with that. Started wearing a bandana. I mean, I didn't want to be a jerk. Like right. when I would see walk by people, it would make them uncomfortable. I would do it. Like I wouldn't try to make people uncomfortable. This, that, and the other. But I knew it was like nonsense on some level. You know, now I I have since I had I got COVID back back in the day and then overcame it. So for a long time, I've been immune to it anyway. So. Whenever I've had a mask on, it's been just to make somebody else comfortable because I'm my I have in, innate immunity to it. So right. that being said, the mask is one thing. The shot is another thing as well. Like, you know, that's fine, too. I disagree about it. I think it's dangerous. I think the data clearly shows that now the data clearly shows that it's not effective. Uh, the CDC is completely backpedaling on on it and never mind the massive amounts of injuries and deaths being reported about it. Uh, still, the shot is one is another thing. My parents have the shot. They're going to get the booster as soon as they can. I love them. I just hung out. I mean, God bless them. I, yeah. I don't, by the way, too, I don't hate people that think differently than me. That's the other thing. It's like, you, you could disagree with me and I could still love you like a brother. Like, I don't get why if we disagree on this and you could say, Oh, because your belief is dangerous for humanity. Well, this is the most divisive issue of all time. So you're telling me your belief isn't also dangerous to humanity. I mean, it's all just like, it's all a house of mirrors on some level. All that being said, when we're talking about the V passport, right? Like, that is another step towards tyranny that I don't think people quite are comprehending how deep that is, because that means you won't be able to determine what you like. You won't be able to say no to whatever the government wants you to inject whenever the government wants you to inject it without being ostracized from the world. So if you're comfortable with that, you're giving up your body's autonomy. You're giving up such a huge chunk of your civil liberties at that point that that's insane to me. I don't, that's way different than the mask and that's way different than this shot. You could be totally for this shot, but you should not be for the, the green pass or the vax passport because that's a whole new animal. I agree. Once we go, once we go to that, 
there's no, that's the end. I honestly think that's the end of freedom until a big, huge revolution occurs or something. Because to, to dial that back at that point, and what I constantly try to tell people, and I'll, and I'll end this rant so you can talk, <laughs> I'll let you right. talk. Sorry, but I'm on a roll. But like, what I constantly tell people is, you remember the last guy that you hated in office? Do you think it's possible that someone else you hate will ever come into office? Yeah, it's possible, right? Well, when that guy comes into office, you're going to have to inject whatever he tells you to inject whenever he tells you to inject it. You're cool with that? You weren't even cool with him having a Twitter account. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're cool with him telling you what to inject and when to inject it? Like think about it like you don't want that nobody wants that nobody should want that like that's that's giving away way too many rights brought up artists that aren't speaking out. And I've been saying this for the last four or five months on my podcast. You know, I, I'm compa I compare it to Woodstock, you know, where are the Bonos? Where are the people that that think what's going on here is Where's crazy. Bono? I, I, I don't know. And <laughs> there you brought up Bono. I've thought of Bono. Like Ireland is particularly oppressed. I mean, Ireland has fallen into tyranny in a huge way like where is bono i have no idea and it's where's bruce springsteen going to going to broadway for only vaccinated i mean that's oh. bananas to me yeah where's dave grohl playing madison square garden for only vaccinated it's like i don't get that i don't get i don't get playing into the division game and using music to to be a coercive element towards get towards getting your fan base to get an experimental shot where we have no long-term data or facts, where we have huge amounts of injuries being reported, where we have huge amounts of deaths being reported. And now we know is not effective at stopping the spread of the thing it's designed here's, to uh, here's the thing that's eradicate. So, here's the thing that's so dangerous is people that aren't being vaccinated are being blamed for the destruction of what's going on here in America. And That's I, super dangerous. I, I can't get my, wrap my head, like I, it, I work so hard because I love to, to be healthy and eat well and exercise me, seven. Me too, bro. I so fast. It's just, I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, it's ridiculous. It's like, and dude, like the millions of us who have had COVID and overcome it, who have, you know, robust natural immunity to, towards it. We're not even part of the conversation. That never even gets brought up, like which currently is the most robust uh, uh, immu immunity to all of the variants and all the uh, all the crap is those people, and they never get mentioned in the conversation. That we're ostracized with the rest, you know. Not that I wouldn't stand with the other people anyway, because. I just would on principle. I mean, I got offered fake vax. Like when I spoke out um, immediately, I got offered, oh, here, I got, I got you. Here's some fake vaccine passes. I'm like, that's not the point. Yeah. That's not, that's not the point. I don't want to go in someplace where it's divided. I, well, I, I'm, I keep, I keep waiting for somebody, you know, four months ago, I said to myself, you know, okay, so maybe people are going to start getting the vax, it'll be 50, 60%. This is going to calm down and the quote unquote normal can be back. And then, sh but then that voice yeah. in my, that sort of cryptic voice in my head, it was like, no, something else is going to happen. There's going to be a variant and this is never going to end. And I'm waiting. No, it's never going to end. Yeah. And I, I just, I told my, yeah. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> well, I told my man, like I, I, my manager and I ended up splitting up over this and, mm -hmm. and I told him, uh, you know, and I think we're, our friendship will survive it. You know, it's a little rough, but I love him, you know, wish him nothing but the best, but we had like dinner and I, and he, and he told me like, dude, this is not your fight. You need to stand your ear. And, and by the way, he was right. I mean, as my manager at that time, 
you know, and maybe he'll prove to be right ultimately. I, I kind of don't think so, but because I think ultimately this will come around and people will ultimately respect those who said the truth during this time. But for the short term, he was certainly right that this was going to hurt my career. Hmm. But I said to him then, we were eating dinner, and I said, uh, I said, he said, listen, man, this is not your fight. All you have to do is you got a daughter coming, you know, right? Isn't she lovely like Stevie Wonder did when he had his daughter and all that stuff? And, and he meant well. And, and he, like I said, he was not giving me bad management at all. I think he was giving me proper management. But, um, and I said to him, I said, dude, you're wrong, though. They're going to lock back down. This is not ending. This is never ending until we end it. That, that if you think about it, the media stands so much to gain by continuous lockdowns and by continuing this. All the hmm. politicians stand so much to gain by continuing this. Big Pharma, give me a break. You know, they're going to end it? Hell no. Uh, you know, all like the uh, social media companies. Um, on and on it goes, you know, like Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. All these people, the mega rich have gotten so much more rich. You know, the Jeff Bezos of the world and the Bill Gates of the world, they just make are making stacks and stacks of cash. Anthony Fauci's, you think he's going to give away his like fame and fortune and all that's come of this? There's no way. They're never going to let this go until the people rise up and say enough is enough, you know? And, and until then, there's going to be endless new variants, endless new lockdowns, and endless new this, that, and the other thing. You know, and what I fear is they're going to come with a new lockdown soon, and you're going to get people rebelling from all sides, from the left and the right. Everyone's going to rebel, and I fear that, that that is almost like what they're bargaining for, and then that's when the military will swoop in, and that's when the forces of control will get much darker than what we have seen so far, that's what I'm worried about. It, what's so challenging for me is, um, you know, I'm a yoga teacher also, and I'm generally, I'm generally really happy. You know, I, I love my, my life and my health and things are, gen mm -hmm. I feel very prolific. And I, yeah. and I feel like it's, it's so bizarre to feel that way. And you just had a baby. So it's like the most joyous moment in your life. And you, right. and you do just want to want to like, and live that so but then you yeah. have this other sort of existence that happening around us and it's like so hard for me to not think about it well yeah i mean i'm so grateful this is the biggest most blessed time of my life so it's so funny that i'm like canceled and all this other <laughs> stuff like, because it really is genuinely like by far the happiest time of my life and so thank god you know it's like when i look around i'm like well this is not personal to me. I'm speaking my mind. I'm giving my opinion. It's, it's a, on the surface of it, at least in terms of social media, it's an unpopular opinion. But in actual fact, it's, it's a solid, you know, I think half the world agrees with that opinion. It's just that that is, it's hard for them to speak out because they're, they will, they will face uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of, pushback but i think i was just hoping when i spoke out that i might inspire others to speak out and then we could all speak out and then we could all end it but i think maybe like people saw like the brutality i was getting and we're like i'm not fucking speak it might have backfired what i thought like you yeah know? like but you know i don't know man i i part of me just doesn't take it it's like watching a movie or something. You know, the thing is so absurd that it's hard for me to take it entirely seriously, any of it. And that doesn't mean, you know, I think it's a joke or anything like that, but there's part of me that's like, come on, dude. Like somebody, like I'm looking at the spirit world going, really, bro? Like I, like, I can't take you too seriously. Yeah. You know, like this something's up. Like this is wild. You're putting poison here You're putting poison here
I have consumed um, Mark Marin over the last uh, week speaking to Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who did, right. who did this really inspiring TED Talk about the destruction of social media. And, uh-huh. then, and then he also spoke to Lindsey Buckingham about like just right. the purity of, of artistry. And I have to say, um, I have been a huge fan of, of, your, of your music for years. Um, Thanks, bro. Like, cheers. Uh, so, but it's it's interesting. Like, so I really think about the sort of that quiet, pure space of of creation, mm-hmm. without wondering what anybody thinks. And here's, oh, right. But here's the here's the conflict for me. You know, I create because I feel called to do it, and I love to do it. But when I finish something, it would be really cool if, you know, 100, 5,000, however many people listen and connect with it. So it's like YouTube and social media sort of, I feel like is causing this strange intersection of it's, it's clouding purity, but then it's also throwing in the dopamine, like instant reaction thing. And it's been, yeah. it's been interesting to see you. Uh, just absorb and use social media and and you're obviously new life before it and i I don't know if you sort of have any sort of connection on to how you've evolved or changed with the addition of social media and sort of your pure creative world yeah well what's interesting man and what really one of the huge benefits of kind of getting sort of canceled (laughs) is uh is I started writing this blog now um, and I've taken it just to my josepharthur.com, you know, and it's, I feel more creatively and it's really just to my daughter. It's just writing to my daughter and describing this world to her. And, and it's so, it feels so alive creatively and it's geared towards an audience of one. Hmm. And it's been liberating. And, and it really has made me realize that, of course, we, like, I guess, need social media or it's a way to get things out there. I understand all that. But there's also an, it's, it's enormously wasteful on some level. And when your social media life gets um, like mine got shadow banned, obviously, and then and then uh, you can get it taken away from you like in a second, like I'm lucky I still have an Instagram account, for instance. Like I've had a lot of people say like, I can't believe you still have an Instagram account. Like, (laughs) and so it's like, when you realize that you start going like, do I want to keep investing all this creative energy into that format that, that can be on a whim swept by somebody else and probably most likely will be. And as, freedom of speech if if these tides don't turn freedom of speech will get less and less and less shrink more and more and more right think and right speak will be more and more limited so your creations will have to fit in a less and less space so why not so so it's been a blessing in that I've transitioned into just writing for my daughter and putting it on my own domain because I also feel like that's going to be long lasting. That's not going to be just for five, like just for 500 or 200 likes or whatever it is, or however many the number of likes is in the moment. It's going to be like, you know, it's going to be something, a document for her, you know? And then, uh, yeah, likewise with music, I just like, I made a song for the Vax Injured the other day, and I put it, I think we put it on BitChute. You know what I mean? Like, dude, we've opened up BitChute, Rumble, Telegram. I have like 50 followers on Telegram. Like, it's pathetic, but at the same time, it's just, it's kind of been a benefit because it's making me go into different avenues. And then today, this new group of Vax Injured contacted me and said, hey, we want to use your song and we want to make this video with it. And they sent me the video and it's like this subterranean homesick blues knockoff, but with vaccinated injured passing signs to all these different ones. And I'm like, absolutely use my song. And so it's like, 
see what I mean? Like different worlds blossom and open up when you get ousted from the old. It's mm. not, I really, and I also, man, you know, I also believe like these times have pushed me deeper into my faith, you know, into like, just like how biblical all this kind of stuff is, how like, how we're edging towards Mark of the Beast terrain, cashless society, how long before there's actually a chip in our right hand or in our forehead. That's not, those aren't wild ideas anymore at all, you know? Like, uh, so it's also brought me into more into prayer, into faith. I mean, these are just the upsides of it, you know? It's like, it's not all a loss. Yeah, like, you lose something, but you gain something much more. And like they say, the truth will set you free. It's interesting. I, I don't know if it's because I'm a, I'm still trying to navigate it. I think it's because I'm a sensitive guy. Um, but I can't stand DMs and texts. Like, I understand the convenience of it all. But I mm -hmm. do, you know, if I'm running late for reservations, like, I, obviously, I send a text. But I do really need this sort of interaction. I need to see, you know, faces and people. And I need to hear people's voices. And I need to go to concerts and, like, be in that energy. And I, I, I guess I think the thing that's been really frustrating for me in the lockdowns is I don't think people are really objectively thinking about do you have any idea what you're doing to people's mental health? Like, oh man, I I, I think they do have some oh, idea. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, there's two basic camps. Like, I, I was talking to this writer for the L.A. Times, and we we he interviewed me for a long time, right? For like a couple weeks, we like exchanged texts, two long conversations. At the end of it, I and I said, like, do you really think nothing's up? Nothing fishy. And he said, I think there's been a really horrible pandemic and doctors and scientists are doing the best they can in a really bad situation. And they're mainly being interfered with by people who are fantasizing an evil agenda and are kind of paranoid. Hmm. You know, so I think you have those two sides. You have people that just think that everything is happening on face value there is no twisted agenda going on. There's just a pandemic and people trying to deal with it. And then you have people that see this as population control and they've read Agenda 21 and they've paid attention to some of the nefarious weird shit Bill Gates has said and done and Anthony Fauci. And my, my point is I like the nice guy scientists just trying to do the best they can in a dangerous pandemic scenario much better because a lot of people I know and love have taken the shot and all the rest of it. So, of course, that's a nicer idea, and I hope that's the truth. However, there's way, way too many things that if I, if I plug it into that scenario, there's way too much cognitive dissonance for me to believe that. There's been no monthly briefing on the effects of the shot. There's been huge amounts of censorship. There's been safe and effective treatments where doctors have been threatened to lose their license and much more if they've tried that have no downsides. The only downside could be that they don't work. There's no, no safety problems with ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. These things are proven. Dr. Peter McCullough has cured people with those and a few other things. Uh, so there's, there's taking supplements like amino acid, like immune boosting supplements off the shelves and making them prescription only, such as NAC and quercetin. There's giving it to children who have no, like basically no chance of dying from the virus. There's not waiting for long-term tests. There, you know, on and on it goes. The PCR test, which is geared up towards to level 45, which which puts so many false positives, and now they're 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 eradicating that, but they're still using that. You know, <laughs> on and on it goes, where it's just too much cognitive dissonance in the theory that it's just nice guys doing their best they can to make this uh, dangerous pandemic go away. 
See, because I think the truth registers when there's no cognitive dissonance. When I plug in the facts and, and get to a scenario where there's no cognitive dissonance. And all these things don't make sense in nice guys just trying to deal with a virus. But they make all the sense in the world if this is all to implement weird levels of control and to call the population and on and on it goes. I, I know that's dark, but I think a lot of people just don't want to see that evil exists. But if you look at humanity, if you look at the history of humanity, genocides have existed across time. It does exist. They do exist. Evil does exist. And it seems to be existing now because this was supposed to be two weeks to flatten the curve and we're heading into another lockdown. 15 or 18 months into this and I, you know, and where does it end? It's not going to end. What's frustrating until, for, until we end it. What's frustrating. I, I had a lot of health issues as a kid and we watched uh, my girlfriend and I watched this amazing documentary about this kid, Sam on HBO, who's diagnosed with Pejoria. It's this very mm -hmm. rare genetic disease and her, and his, mm -hmm. um, his parents are doctors and they're doing whatever they can. Basically, kids, um, it's almost like a ben, uh, Benjamin Button kind of thing where they get old really, really fast. Like, they're only four. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. So, yeah. you know, I do think there's amazing doctors. I think. Oh, of course. I mean, dude. that's. Dr. What, Pierre McCall. There's, there's. Dr. Corey. I mean, there's lots of good. But I feel like something. I feel like people, institutions, have seized this opportunity to take advantage of the situation and it feels uh, cryptic and nefarious. And I, 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 to your point, I find there to be this immense level of naivete to think that these powerful dark forces, and the problem is if you even suggest what I'm just suggesting, it instantly conveniently goes to this word of conspiratorial. It's like, I, I, I'm well, so... It is conspiratorial, though, and, and that is what they always resist. Like, and that is, it's a more vulnerable thing to say. Hey, hmm. there's an evil agenda going on. You know, like, automatically that makes you a nut job if you say that out loud. <laughs> right. But, but, dude, where are we? What are we facing? There's an evil agenda going on. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, this ain't, a, this ain't about a pandemic at this point. And that's clear to anyone who's vaguely paying attention outside of just big pharma television. Like, it, it doesn't pass the smell test man, <laughs> well, at all on the, so many levels. It just doesn't. And, okay, if that makes us nuts to, to call it out, then so be it. But at the point we're at where... In New York now, I'm no longer allowed to go to my gym or a restaurant in less than a, or in a month's time because I don't want to take an experimental shot that has crazy amounts of injury and death and is ineffective as, as to what its original intention was openly. That's just a train wreck of cognitive dissonance, dude. Like there's no way to frame that that's not just a 14-car pileup of cognitive dissonance. So once you're at that level where in New York City, United States of America, 2021, we're about to enter into the weird kind of segregation or division, What if that makes you more comfortable using that word, you know, where there's word police, for instance, as well. I mean, so much of this, like, you know, also is too much like 1984, I know. You know? I mean, listen, man, it's just, it's too much cognitive dissonance. That's how you know something's not right. Sort of layer to all of this. Um, 
we live in such an ADHD world, constant onslaught of information, fucking phones in front of our face all the time, getting dings and pings. I, I think to myself, the only way to get people to do anything now is to coerce them, whether it's through manipulation or however, through fear. Fear is like to me, this is the only like the only way that it's it's just fear is this power. <laughs> I think that's part of the reason why it's so challenging to have any sort of objective conversation with anybody because they are caught up in that fear. Yeah, fear is what's uh fear is what's driving this, you know? And it's fear and it's you know, people are alienated from a connection with God. I really mm. believe that's the root of it. And I believe it's been systematically uh, made that way through social media, through pornography. Hmm. Uh, people are deeply ashamed. You know, those those avenues tend to evoke shame from people, um, weaken people, you know. And so they'd rather just be quiet and do as they're told. And to stand out in the crowd is like, something that only people with faith will do. I've noticed people who take the slings and arrows of putting themselves out there like this, most all of them seem to have faith. They seem to be like heavily God-fearing type people. So they're more afraid of God than, the, than ridicule. Yeah. You know, that's my deal. I'm more afraid of God than ridicule. <laughs> you know? I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit and you brought it up earlier. But do you post something and then feel a, a level of anxiety? And do you even read what's going on? Or do you just know to not read and just do your thing? I just do my thing. Okay. And I do, and I, you know, and I feel it, like, but I feel elated as well because I'm not squelching my voice. You know, the universe wants to expand itself through you, hmm. you know? And I'm being led to speak my mind and to just like say what I want and and do as I want, you know. And I understand that comes with what it comes with. But it's more important for me to give the universe within me room to expand than it is to deflate myself. Because when you do that, there's a price to pay for that too. But the price you pay for that is within, you know, you don't respect yourself then. And you, uh, don't, you become less like Bob Dylan has a line. You're either busy being born or you're busy dying. Right. When you speak your mind, you're busy being born. When you don't, you're busy dying. And I'd rather be busy being born. And, there's birthing pains with being born. I know my my wife just had 70 hours worth of labor. So, you know, there's birthing pains. Yeah. You know. So, but it's all good, man. It all it will all come out in the right way, the right way it's supposed to. You have and you you have faith in that. Of course. Okay. Yeah. And right. it's good to be it's good to be it's good to be a punk, dude. It's good like you know, you can be uh you could be you could be Cat Stevens or you could be Johnny Rotten. I've been Cat Stevens, now I'm being Johnny Rotten. <laughs> <laughs> being Johnny Rotten's not so bad, dude. You know, speak if you if you feel this way about this, you know, that there, there are times in life when it's probably better to keep quiet and just like uh, you know, avoid, avoid the drama, avoid the conflict. I don't think now is one of those times. Hmm. I don't think you'll feel happy if this passes and your freedoms get taken away and you didn't say anything. I think that would be hard. And I think you're kind of like asking me, like, how are you dealing with it? It's really that, man. It's me imagining being on the other side of all of our rights being taken away and tyranny really taking root. And if I had to, like, look at myself and know that I didn't say anything, I think that would hurt more than some, some people venting on me because I'm speaking against 
their cult-like brainwashing. Because the thing about, and I'm not saying cult-like brainwashing even to be insulting towards them. I'm really not. I'm saying that as point of fact. Because, honestly, if somebody disagreed with all my perspectives on this, it wouldn't raise my my anger levels in the slightest. Hmm. I would just go, okay, well, we disagree. I think I might say, I think you're dumb or, you know what I mean? Like I could say like a not nice word or, but I could, I wouldn't attack anybody's comment section. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything harsh. I, I might say, I think you're being real silly. I think you're being real short sighted. I would say something like that. If, 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 your opinion makes somebody go ape shit. It's not about you. Hmm. It's about them. It's about their programming. It's about stuff they've they've indoctrinated themselves with with a mode of thinking that is cult like. That's indicative of cult like behavior. I'm pointing out a fact. I'm not saying you're brainwashed to be insulting. I'm I'm saying as point of fact, if you, symptomatic of cult behavior is to have extreme reaction when someone speaks out against the uh, narrative of said cult. I mean, in Scientology, for instance, if you speak out against Scientology, they label you an SP, a suppressive person. You're stripped of your sort of rights as a normal human being at that point. The reaction is really, really strong and weird, dark, you know? Me saying what I've been saying about the experimental shot isn't absurd. It's just not. I mean, half the country thinks that way. So if you have an extreme reaction against that, something's up. But Mm -hmm. something's up with you. Because you should just be able to say, hey, dude, I disagree, love you, hope hope you're well. I think you're totally wrong about this, bro, but love you anyway. That should be your reaction. You know, just like that's my reaction if you disagree with me. So that's why I think, like, go ahead and speak your mind. Let the let the uh, animosity come at you like a wave because it's liberating. It's liberating because it's like once that happens, once that it's like the Matrix, dude, when when uh, <laughs> when they shoot them up full of bullets and then all of a sudden the bullets just stop and fall in the air. It's a lot like that. Once you get tons of that, the bullets just like stop short of hitting you and you're just looking at them and then they just fall. I think um, last thing I'm kind of thinking just and, and it's weird I've had some guests on my show that I'm I'm like immensely huge fans of I had the lead singer of ours Jimmy Necco on my show like oh he was on my podcast too he's a cool dude oh he's really cool so love that guy I, I don't want to like be some sort of fanboy or everything but I, I do remember seeing seeing you at the conga room and then largo and and just you were the first person oh, you're old school that's, oh, that's, that's like my first oh yeah yeah first show oh totally know? yeah so but i remember seeing you you know using the pedal board at which i had never seen anybody doing that other than like john bryan or something and then you're painting while you're performing i guess i'm just curious like when, and I'm from Ohio too. I think you're from like Akron. Really? Yeah, I'm from. I'm from Akron. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, Where are you from? Like Shaker Heights area. Okay, close. Yeah, really close. Or forty minutes yeah. drive. <laughs> yeah. up, up seventy-one or seventy-seven. I guess I'm because I have a lot of artists on the show. I'm always intrigued. Like, when did you? get the sense that music was like I, I have to do this or just because you're such you're this interesting amalgamation of like music uh, musician painter you're you're truly a poet I, I, I swear you're like a Bob Dylan of of my of our generation 
And, Thank you. And I think the way that you communicate and artistically express yourself is, um, I, I can't explain it. I think it's pure immense talent and, and it's just, it, you know, it's just the language does, isn't allowing me to explain how incredibly talented you are. I'm, t- I'm touched, man. I really, no, no shit. I really appreciate that. I, I truly, thank you. I, I put you up on the, the huge pedestal of just this brilliant combination of singer, musician, painter, artist, poet. And I, I think it's like, you know, as a kid or in your 20s, early teens, I mean, when are you, when are you wrapping your head around what you can do? Well, honestly, like your setup back there is like indicative of that because I started with uh, analog synthesizer. I, my aunt gave me a sequential circuits analog synth called, a, I think it was a multi-six or <laughs> six voice analog synth that had a six track sequencer in it. And I started composing. So when I was like a kid, um, I started composing electronic music and that's what that what made me start. And I'm, you know, I'm 49. So it's like, that was early electronic music stuff. I wasn't like, I'm not like some kind of like, you know, young guy with a, that had a laptop. This was like sequential circuits, you know, yeah. analog synth. But dude, bringing up Bob Dylan, that's a great example as well. Is like, look at all the phases he went through in his career mm. in terms of being outcast, ostracized, hated, and loved, and all that. Like, I don't think people should be so afraid of going through seasons of ridicule and hate because I think it's like the soil to growing to new depths of yourself as well. I mean, like Bob Dylan got booed for going electric and didn't tour for five whole years, man, before he toured again. Then he also went through his Jesus phase with uh, Slow Train coming and Saved and all that. I mean, so he did so many about faces on his audience that where he would alienate them completely. I mean, imagine being like Bob Dylan, everybody must get stoned, and all of a sudden you're like, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you know you gotta serve somebody. Like his fans were like, "What, dude? You're you're a Jesus freak now." You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's good to challenge. It's good to provoke. That's the job of the artist. That is the job. It is. It's it's good to push buttons and and I don't think we should let these times neuter us. Hmm. You know, I, I think that the amount of ridicule is much more public now. But I'm sure if all the private conversations could have been recorded in the in the uh, in the uh, town square when Dylan went born again Christian. That'd have probably been pretty harsh. You know what I mean? It's just that now they're all written on on the internet for everybody to see. <laughs> but that's why I, you don't have to take it all so seriously because it's like it's good. It's it's healthy. It's like uh, it's. I really believe that. I think that's part of my perspective. I just, I believe that. And I've gone through periods of my life of being ostracized and I've always come out better for it. So it doesn't disturb me that much. I just, I don't think like the ease of access is a good thing. Like, I don't think that, you know, anybody could send you a message on Instagram. Of course, it's up to you whether or not you read it. And I'm sure, you know, Justin Timberlake probably has somebody vetting his messages, but I, I just think it's a very, it's tough for me to navigate that kind of easy access world. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm overthinking it. I don't know. I think everybody's overthinking it. Okay. You know, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, we'll see what happens. I think we're heading into some really weird, dark period though, unfortunately for humanity. I really do believe that. I wish I did, but but I do. <laughs> yeah. I hope I'm wrong about that. Me too, but I, I'm I'm with you. Um, I mean, I, I don't know that this ship is turning around. And if this ship doesn't turn around, are you going to get out of L.A.? You know, we went to uh, Austin five months ago, because or six months ago, to check it out because um, I was feeling like with Newsom... 
he wasn't going to let go of this thing. And so then I then we went to Austin. I wasn't really impressed with the it's it's tough to it's tough to live in a city that has the ocean and mountains and so much culture and then go to a place like like Texas. So I know, dude. The ocean is huge. Yeah, man. it's a big deal. So I don't know the what the ocean we're, I is know. a big deal. Mountains, I love them, but I could go I <laughs> mountains I don't need to live around. I don't think, but the ocean, I really like access to. Yeah. That's a tough one. Are you a surfer? I mean, I have tried. <laughs> okay. You know, I've gotten up. If I'm going to lie to you twice, if I'm going to tell you the truth once, <laughs> right. you know, right. like I'm a beginner. Yeah. But I, it's something I would definitely uh, get way into if I was in a, in a town with access to that. I mean, I guess I am, I guess New York, you can find it, but. And you guys are talking about maybe leaving. Well, yeah, I mean, we're thinking about it. You know, we, we have a great apartment right here, like, and it's perfect for raising our daughter and we're in such a great zone, but I mean, if we're not allowed to go to the restaurant, you know, like that's kind of weird. And I, I like going to the gym, you know, that kind of stuff. I can work out outside, but. How long is it till uh, it's a supermarket you're not allowed to go to? You know, I, I just don't know where this is going. I mean, hopefully people protest like they're doing in Europe, you know, and hopefully somehow this gets turned around. But if it doesn't, I don't see any choice but for us to uh, get the hell out of Dodge. Part of me wants to just get an RV and drive around and see where we land. Yeah, I could see you doing that. You know what I mean? Documenting it, having fun. I think that would be great. We'll see. I mean, the world's gotten so strange, dude. I know. It's like, uh, I don't even know. I, I just That's why I like the written word. That's why I like the blog. Because I wake up in the morning, I have my coffee, and I write. You know? And it's like, I love that. I, I, that's, one of my, that's my favorite, almost. You know, just because that's me and the pen. Yeah. Or me and typing, you know, and it's like there's nothing complicated about that. Dude, you have this way of uh, I think I always got um, bored by singer songwriters that you know sound like a singer songwriter, and you had yeah. you had this amazing way and still do of of you know you're playing acoustic guitar, potentially a piano, but. There's all these cool drum loops and cool sounds going on, dude. It's, yeah. it's just, I think, I just, I think what you do, man, and, and just musically, and then putting your heart out there, and and what you post, I'm really, I, I, I resonate with this idea of I think artists should be doing what you're doing, and and uh, I, huge, uh, huge hats off, a huge applause. I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm a huge, Thanks, bro. I'm a huge fan, and. Yeah, it's just uh, it's been it's been nice to uh, connect with you and talk and, and and just chat about what's what's going on, what we see. You too, Eddie, man. Really, really. Thanks for uh, thanks for waiting for me to uh, get booted off of social media so we can talk. <laughs> no, but um, let's uh, let's update. Let's do it again in say six months' time and. Maybe it'll be from like the forest in an RV or something <laughs> like, and it'll be from a non-disclosed location, yeah. in a VGM or something like that. Hopefully not. Hopefully the world will have like taken a dramatic turn towards people being returned to freedom and sanity. But I sort of think that it won't be. But uh, you know, let's do it again. Definitely, sometime. Yeah, no, I, I'm. I'd be great to stay in touch, and I'm going to keep watching what you post and listening to your music. So um, just thanks, yeah. brother. Yeah, dude, it was great to talk. And keep going too, man. That's a great setup, man. I like what you do too. Thank you. So yeah, keep keep rocking it, man. I appreciate it. I respect it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it too. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Cheers on the new baby. Have a have a great, great uh, That's night. That's the best, dude. Yeah. Go have a baby, dude. That's the best. <laughs> beats all this other stuff. I'm not joking, man. You hear people say that, but it's like, wow. Wow. Incredible. Awesome. Peace, dude. God bless, bro. God bless. Likewise, man. Later. Talk soon. Bye bye. bye.
eyes are closed but your mind's away I'll be around I'll be around the while Come on baby why don't you come over I'll protect you Is lost. I'll be around, I'll be around a while, and you can't get yourself up off the cross, I'll be around, I'll be around a while, and for all of your work not much to show. So now there's nowhere to go I'll be around I'll be around a while Come on baby, why don't you come over I'll protect you Has your double play? I'll be around. I'll be around.